Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about using herbs as simples, and motherwort will be our plant ally of the week, and I'm answering a question from a listener about how to take hawthorn. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Reach out and tell me what you want to know or ask me a question about herbs or health by sending me an email to healthyherbpodcast at gmail. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. We're going to start by continuing our series on being in right relationship with the plants that we're working with for health and healing. And today I want to talk to you about the benefits of working with herbs as simples. And when we talk about herbs as simples, simples means that we work with one herb at a time and we don't put them in formulas. It doesn't mean that we only take one remedy for the whole entirety of our healing journey, nor does it mean even in a day we might take multiple remedies. But with each single remedy, it entails one single herb. I have a story that I like to share with you um, a while, and I haven't always been a huge fan or user of simples. This is maybe within the past seven years or so. But prior to that, I was always educated that herbs were best in formula because, you know, the synergy of the herbs and the formula was ideal. And you can target more aspects of the healing process with a formula. And it just is more common in the world of herbalism to use formulas. And so I had a friend who was looking for some immune help for her young daughter. And I made her a batch of an immune tea. And I put uh, all I remember, I don't even remember honestly what herbs were in there, which is part of the problem with formulas. But I know that I put a variety of different herb, immune supporting herbs in the formula and gave it to her. And I think that maybe she used the tea maybe once or twice with her daughter, and then it just kind of sat in her cabinet for a long time. And I realized that this f- immune formula that I offered her, you know, it was, it didn't get used. I think it was a little confusing to her. She couldn't really relate to it um, because there was just so much in it. And when we're trying to help our children, especially, we are extra cautious about what we give them if we're if we don't know exactly what we're giving them and then if there had been a negative reaction or even a positive reaction from the immunity 
she wouldn't have known what herb was in that tea that maybe caused that negative reaction. So say if by chance her daughter was allergic to something in that tea, her mom probably wouldn't want to offer any of those herbs to her daughter again. And so that really limits the health of her child and the future of her being able to work with herbs because now she's afraid of a whole variety, maybe five or so or more herbs that were in the formula. Where if I had just offered her one herb and her daughter didn't like it or her daughter didn't, um, you know, reacted negatively to it, then she could have been like, okay, well, this herb is not for us. What, you know, what else do you have? Um, so that's another thing to consider when we work with formulas versus simples. And then really no connection was made between the tea drinker and the actual plants. It was just more of a connection with um, a conglomeration of plants and there was no real intimacy happening. And I really appreciate intimacy with herbs when I work with them. So compare that to what if I had just offered my friend some astragalus root and said, I could have more easily talked to her about the root instead of, oh, this formula is good for immune system. I could say, this is astragalus root. This is, um, you know, I could have gone into more detail about the specific herb and how it benefits the immune system. Um, and then they could already have started a connection with that plant. And then the mother could have been to her daughter and been like, this is astragalus root. And this is how it can help you. And let's simmer this up and see what you think. How do, how do you, how does it make you feel? How do you like the flavor of it? And then the connections begin and the intimacy begins. Even with a young child, it can really take hold. So instead of relating to the formula of herbs, we're then relating to the single plant. And I like to compare this to um, going to a party. And if you stand in the middle of the room at a party and everyone's all around you and you hear all of the noise and the talking and you get the vibe of the party and you can tell, you know, either people are really excited and happy or maybe they're all really kind of loopy and buzzed or maybe, you know, the intensity of the party grows throughout the night, but you don't really get to know the different people in the party. And then compare that to meeting one person at that party and really being like, oh, hey, like we seem like we click or vibe. I want to get to know you better. And you go outside and you sit on the patio and you sit together and you have like a really good conversation or an in-depth conversation or even a challenging conversation, but you really actually experience that one person and you get to know that one person. And that's the intimacy that I'm talking about when we're working with herbs as simples. And that is what I really value when I work with plants is I really value getting to know them on a one-on-one -on -one basis and building an intimate relationship with them. And then knowing that that friendship can build over time and grow and the intimacy can even grow over time versus you can go to, you know, another party where it's a lot of the similar people at the party, but maybe there's a few troublemakers or you know, someone's really sad or, you know, 
the vibe of each party is going to change a little bit versus as you get to know one individual person, they're still that same person. You just get to know different layers and depths of that one person. So that is one one real reason why I really like working with herbs individually. Another thing about herbs and formulas is that it's harder to recreate. So in the instance of where I gave my friend this immune tea formula, say it worked really well and they actually did in, include it into their daily regimen of health. Now they're out of the tea and they, what are they going to do? Now they have to come back to me and say, hey, like, can I get more of that tea? It worked really well. Can you make more of that formula for me? And hopefully I take really good records and I have the exact formula and I still have all of those herbs on hand and then I can make it for them. Or the other option is that, and see now she's beholden to me because now anytime that she wants that immune tea, she has to come to me to have it made exactly the way that I made it so that it works exactly the same way for her family. Or the other thing is that she can try to recreate that formula. Ideally, when you give someone a formula of herbs, you write down the recipe so that they can recreate it. But now she has to go out and source five to 10 different herbs and figure out the ratios and put them in a formula. And it's just more work and more involved process. And maybe it won't actually happen because it's so many extra steps versus if I had just given her the astragalus route and again that connection was made that intimacy was made it would be really easy for her to be like great we're out of our astragalus route we like it we're going to keep working with it I'm just going to go get more astragalus route easy peasy and that's how we keep herbal medicine as people's medicine which is another value of working with simples at least at first in your herbal journey is I really want to keep herbal medicine as something that we can each do for ourselves in our own homes with our families and friends and in our community. We don't have to go to a professional to be given, you know, a formula and then go home. Like I want the power to be in each individual person's hands to work with the herbs themselves. And so when we work with simples, not only can my friend go now have the power in her hands to take care of her family and go out and get her own astragalus root when she needs it at any given time, but she can also then tell her next, the next friend and be like, wow, you know, oh, your daughter's having some immune concerns, like, I, you know, my friend told me about astragalus root. We've been using it. It's been great. And now here, why don't you have some and try it? And that is how herbal medicine is passed around and passed down. If she had had this huge tea formula that worked really well for her, for her to go and tell the next friend, oh, yeah, my daughter has the same issue. We've been working with this tea blend here. Let me give you some, see if it works for your child. And now that next person down the line has this formula, which she's maybe even less connected to because, you know, it's almost like playing telephone, you know, it gets a little diluted and the information gets skewed each time it's passed down because there's so much information to pass. If you were to pass 
all the information about the formula because you'd have to pass along the list of the herbs and you'd have to pass along the quantities and the ratios and and all of this so the more simple literally that we can keep herbalism the more power each individual person has in working with the herbs and that's what I really care about and so, yes, there is an argument for formulas are really important if you want to work with the energetics of the plant and have a more, quote unquote, balanced formula. And if you've listened to my podcasts, you might know that I'm not the biggest fan of balance because I don't think it's actually a very achievable and realistic goal. And I'm more interested in the dance and the harmony and homeostasis of things in this world and in our own bodies so yes like if you have you know a really warming herb and drying herb that that you think is going to be really helpful for someone um, but you think it's going to be too warming and drying and so you want to put something that's more mucilaginous and demulcent in there so maybe you have like uh, an herb that's going to really dry out someone's mucous membranes because they're really congested, but you don't want to dry them out too much because that's unhealthy. So you want to give them something that's also going to soothe and be anti-inflammatory for those same mucous membranes. You can put them in a formula to help um, counteract each other. But you can also do that with simples. You just enjoy them at different times in the day, you know, like if I'm really congested in the morning, I might have a Solidago or Goldenrod tea to really help dry up the congestion in my sinuses. And then, wow, okay, my, my congestion is gone, but now, ooh, my sinuses feel a little extra dry, like maybe I had a little too much Goldenrod, so now I'm gonna make a tea of marshmallow leaf or root and drink that for a while just to help you know soothe and coat those mucous membranes again to help support them. So you can still do that with simples and you can maybe even do it better with simples because you can really play with the amounts as you need them. Like I was talking about, you know, oh, wow, okay, that's too much with the goldenrod. Now it's time to balance it out. But if they were in a formula together, you're kind of depending on the formula that you've already made to work in accordance with your own body and everyone's body is different. So if you can work with the herbs individually, but with a with a intention of them working together to bring you closer, you know, better to health, then I think that's ideal. It's still like the dance, you know, I'm dancing with these herbs and it's not a balancing act. I'm not walking a tightrope and trying to be on a straight line of perfection. I'm going to go a little over here and then I'm going to go a little over there and I'm going to see how my body can work with these individual herbs and I won't know how it works with the herbs unless I start using them individually. And then maybe from there, you know, you could make formulas if you want once you really get to know those herbs on individual levels. But I find that I don't want to anymore. I don't, I, it would almost be like offensive to mix goldenrod and marshmallow together in a tea when really I want to enjoy goldenrod for goldenrod and I want to enjoy marshmallow for marshmallow and really like, you know, get into that relationship. 
formulas are when we talk about the synergy. Um, so, you know, the whole concept of the whole being greater than the sum of the individual parts. Um, and when we when people work in formulas, it's like, oh, well, you have the synergy of the herbs all working together, which is greater than working with each individual herb separately. And I get that. But I also get that like within each individual herb, we can look at it as a wholeness and the whole herb being greater than the sum of each of its own active constituents. And so the complexities that we might be looking for in formulas, we could see those complexities already existing in each individual herb because these herbs are so complex and they have so much synergy of their own chemistry within themselves that that is almost a formula enough for me. And then as I was talking about, formulas are often um, remedies that are items of commerce and you can find proprietary blends. And again, this goes back to herbal medicine being people's medicine. I was, you know, on Instagram, someone was promoting their specific bitters formula or product. And that was a beautiful picture and this beautiful herb jar full of beautiful herbs. And someone commented, oh, wow, like, that looks so amazing. Like, what's what's in it? Or how did you make it? And so, and the product maker said, you know, this is a product that I sell and I'm not really comfortable telling you exactly what's in it. So we come to this idea of proprietary formulas or proprietary blends. And again, that's keeping herbal medicine as a commerce and keeping people beholden to purchasing um, a product instead of being empowered to be their own herbalist. And I mean, that's fine. There's definitely a place for that because not everyone wants to be their own herbalist. Some people just want to be told what to take and be given a, given a formula and they don't really want to know the ins and outs or details. If it works, great. If not, on to the next thing. But then again, if it works, then they have to go back to that same product maker and buy that same exact formula and then what happens when that product maker decides not to make that product anymore? Um, then you're kind of stuck and you have to start all over again. And so it won't really happen if you're working with one plant at a time. And then you aren't beholden to anyone but yourself and the plants that have now become your allies. So for me, one of the most important aspects of being in right relationship with the plants is working with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis and connecting with them as individuals and allying myself with them. And that is way easier to do when you work with herbs as simples. Now, that's not to say you can never blend herbs. Once you really get to know the herbs you're working with, you can combine them and make your own formulas. But as I said before, honestly, after working with the herbs as simples, you probably won't want to combine them because you've already built this relationship with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. 
But maybe you do, maybe the flavor is really put off, you know, you're really put off by a flavor and you just want to alter it a little bit so it's more enjoyable and palatable for you. Totally fine. You can add herbs into your main herb to help flavor it. Um, You can also combine herbs in wild salads and party teas, you know, bitter blends, cocktails. There's lots of ways in food and food forms that it's fun to blend the herbs. But when when we really want to work with them on a medicinal healing path, I really do think working with them as simples is best. Okay, so now we've come to the time in the podcast that I like to share an herbal ally for the week with you. And I figure we would stay on track with the heart-loving herbs. And so today I'm sharing motherwort with you. Motherwort's botanical name is Leonurus cardiaca. And she's in the Lamiaceae family, which is a very large family of mint plants. So that includes, you know, your standard mints like peppermint, spearmint, and then other mint plants would be lavender, rosemary, um, sage, um, self-heal, oregano, thyme. So all of those great herbs. And Leonurus cardiaca means lion-hearted or a strong-hearted. And that could be in relationship to the fact that it is actually very beneficial for heart health. Also, if you look at the motherwort plant, as it's blooming, the blooming top of the plant has a resemblance to a lion's tail, which is kind of cool. And then the motherwort, that name motherwort, wart is just a name for or word that means plant. So this is a mother's plant. And it is really beneficial for mother, mothering and mothers. And it's also beneficial if you want to feel like you're being mothered or sitting in a lap of of your mother, uh, the comfort and the care. But also this plant is a really good mother unto itself because it can produce a lot of seeds and protecting the seeds and protecting the flowers, these really little, delicate, beautiful flowers are these really sharp, I don't actually know the botanical name for for it, but it's where the flower comes out of and you touch it and it's like super sharp. It's like, rawr, you know, don't touch my babies. <laughs> and so I, I like that aspect of the plant as well. It's native to Europe and Asia, and there's a bunch of different species um, other than cardiaca. Um, And it has naturalized around the world. It's a common garden weed, but I wouldn't say it's as common as, say, dandelion. But once it is established, it loves like fertile soil and sun. It's like perfect loves gardens, um, sunny vegetable gardens. And then once it gets established, you know, you'll probably always have a little motherwort if you if you kind of let your weeds come up and you're able to identify it, because like I said, it does produce a lot of seeds. It's interesting plant because its leaves change shape as it grows. So the young motherwort plant leaf looks very different from the adult motherwort plant leaf. And so you need to get to know the plant, obviously, through its different growth stages. Otherwise, you might weed it out of your garden unknowingly. 
the part of the plant that is used, I mean, you can use the leaves and the flowers and the stalk, but generally it's when the flower is in bloom is when it's most often useful. And so it's harvested the top third of the plant. And usually um, I'll only harvest a few of the, you know, the plant comes up and it has these multiple large stalks that come up from the base and then those branch off and bloom. And so I'll only take, you know, a third maybe of the branches from each plant. And then it will just keep, it'll just keep blooming and blooming and going. The blooms will just keep going up the stalk as the stalk continues to grow and the flowers at the that are lower in the stalk will already be turning to seed and the ones in the top of the stalk are still fresh young blooms and so that's all fine to harvest and prepare and i think the best way to prepare motherwort is as a tincture from the fresh flowering tops of the plant So actually, why would we want to grow and harvest this plant? Well, it's like I said, it's really good for mothers and people in general because it can really help ease anxiety. It's very soothing and calming and allows almost like allows you when you feel really at the brink of an anxiety attack when everything's constricting and tight and you can't breathe and your heart is pounding. It just relaxes that all and it helps you take that deep breath and it helps you to calm the overwhelm and many plants in the mint family have this ability but motherwort is extra good at it and it really helps ease the nerves and as we found with hawthorn and you'll find with many plants that benefit the heart they also benefit the nervous system so hawthorn i mean sorry motherwort also eases heart palpitations especially that are stress-induced. And it helps the heart function well and maintains heart health. It can help to lower blood pressure. And what it really is amazing that it does is it promotes the capillary beds around the heart. So it can really allow more, more blood to flow through the heart. And it can also do this to the uterus, where it actually can increase the capillary bed around the uterus, bringing more blood supply to both the heart and the uterus. And so for this one reason, for bringing blood to the uterus, people who maybe have fibroids or endometriosis or excessive menstrual bleeding probably don't want to use this herb in large amounts over a long period of time. Occasional use is fine. If you want to use it for easing uh, the brink of anxiety attacks, that's fine. But if you're using it, you know, on a daily basis, multiple times a day, it might not be the herb for you unless that's what you want. It has the ability to relieve menstrual pain and actually most many pain in the body, whether it's lower back pain or uh, other types of cramping pain, it is a pain reliever. And it also helps to ease PMS symptoms. And then along that line, it's also beneficial for easing some menopausal symptoms, including hot flashes and irritability and um, nervous system complaints that are connected with the hormonal changes of life. 
It's very bitter in flavor, which is one reason why we use it as a tincture versus making a, a tea with it. Uh, it's really hard. It's not so palatable as a tea. It's very bitter. But because it's bitter, we know already that it's going to aid in digestion, ease intense intestinal cramping, and support liver function. A really cool thing, uh, folklore, about motherwort is there's, so there's a, um, a species... Leonurus japonica that grows in Japan. And in Japan, motherwort is a symbol of immortality and long life. And there's a fermented rice beverage that they make. It's almost like a sake or like a rice beer that they put motherwort in. And it's a beverage thought to improve longevity in life. And there's some sort of saying, I'm sorry, I don't know the specific saying, but it relates to if you drink this beverage or you incorporate motherwort into your life, your, um, your children will be poor because you will have lived so long that they'll no longer have an inheritance left for you. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but um, there's also another lovely story that is about um, a small community in Japan a long time ago that would that lived in an area where motherwort coated, covered the hills and the fields, and they would drink spring water that had run off of the hills where the motherwort covered. And the thought was that spring water was an elixir of long life which I just think is a beautiful image. All right, so I want to thank, um, thank you for sending in your questions that you want answered on the podcast. And this one question I want to share with you today. I just listened to your podcast on Hawthorne and really liked it. What is a good way to use Hawthorne in a tea? I'm wondering about amounts and if it's best mixed with something else. Well, thanks for asking. You can make Hawthorne as either a tea or a nourishing herbal infusion because it is um, very food-like and mineral-rich as a type of plant. So you can make an infusion with the leaves and flowers by making um, weighing out one ounce, putting it in a one-quart jar, filling the jar with boiling water, putting a lid on it, letting it steep four to eight hours, or overnight, and then straining it out, squeezing out all the plant material, and then drinking that quart of infusion within um, or over a day or two. And um, it's quite astringent, so it might be too strong for some people in that form. So you can also just make a tea with the leaves and flowers, and depending on how cut and sifted how broken up the plant material is. You can use either a teaspoon per cup of water or a tablespoon per cup of water. You can let your taste buds uh, determine basically how how much you want to use because really any amount is fine because this is is again, it's a nourishing uh, tonic herb. So you can let your intuition guide you as far as this goes. And then with the berries, if you get the dried hawthorn berries, which are an item of commerce as well, you can 
simmer them. Anytime you have plant material that is hard, like dried berries, seeds, and roots, you really need to simmer them for 20 to 40 minutes in water to, to access the nutrition that's in them. Um, you can even simmer them for longer than that if you, if you want. You could even make a hawthorn syrup by simmering it for quite a long time, making a super concentrated decoction is what that's called when we simmer our herbs. So make a super strong decoction and then combine it with some honey if you wanted to make a hawthorn syrup. Um, or you could just drink, drink your decoction of your herbs, of your berries. So basically, just let your intuition guide you. There's no wrong way to do it. You can only just do it a little bit better. And you'll know that as you work with it and practice on it, practice it. That's all I have for you today. You can find me on um, Patreon or Instagram, Facebook, my website. It's all under Solidago Herb School. And Solidago is solid ago. That's the genus name for goldenrod. It means to make whole. So you can find me on any of those platforms. I'd love for you to say hey, tell me what you think of the podcast. And until next week, be well and have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.